Episode 49, How to Resolve Blame, Shame, and Guilt with Molly Mandelberg. Welcome to the story in your head. I'm Ron Macklin. And today, Deb, myself, and guest Molly Mandelberg discuss how to change the story in your head. Molly walks through pieces of her own personal journey and shares how she works with the stories in her head around blame, shame, and guilt. Are you looking to strengthen your relationships, whether personally or professionally? You want to learn how to build authentic connections faster, or perhaps you're looking to beat employee burnout through the power of connection. My name is Ron Macklin, founder of Macklin Connection, and in our workshops, we teach you the fundamentals of how to do exactly that and more. To learn more of the power of your relationships, visit us at MacklinConnection.com. Welcome to the story in your head. Today's guest is Molly. And uh, Molly, if you could, could you give us like a, a short introduction? Because they can find out more about you, but like, who are you? Yeah. So my name is Molly Mandelberg. My business is called Wild Hearts Rise Up. And generally, I'm working with coaches and holistic practitioners, people running conscious service-based businesses. And I help them to tackle the technology and craft their deep work into inspiring content and hot copy and also to master their inner work, their inner game, so that they can show up and do their powerful work in the world. And I do that while traveling the world full time. I live in a sprinter van that I've converted into a beautiful tiny home. And I've been nomadic for 14 years, living on the road in the van for four and a half years now. And yeah, I make art. I am a crafty person. I've written and published two books. And yeah, that's mostly who I am. So- just so we're all have the same distinction, I think it's great. What is a conscious-based business? I think of it like businesses with mindfulness keyed in somehow. So people with heart-centered practices, people who are hoping to help people transform and elevate their lives in some way. Really cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Molly. And it, it triggered me since, since we are talking about the story in your head. What kind of story changed for you? to embark on this journey that you've been on for the last 14 years? All of them. <laughs> Can you say All, more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I underwent whatever, you know, not normal, but I went un- underwent my own traumas growing up as a kid. And I had a lot of stories that I had made true about myself, about my worthiness of love, about my, uh, or lack thereof, my worthiness of my belief in myself, my capacity to do things that really mattered, my capacity to make a living, all of those things were sort of in question for me from how I was brought up and the abuse that I underwent. And so when I I sort of accidentally started my business, I was traveling kind of aimlessly for many years, mostly aimlessly seeking inspiration, seeking my path. And in that process, I found myself going to a workshop with Dr. Brian Weiss because I was interested in past life regression therapy. After that workshop, I decided I want to get trained in hypnosis. So I took an intensive hypnotherapy training certification program. And then I was living in a teeny tiny apartment with my boyfriend at the time. And I knew I wanted to like practice these skills. So I rented a little office space in Half Moon Bay, California. 
And as soon as I got the office space, I was like, oh, no, like I need to cover my butt here. I should get liability insurance. But to do that, I should name my business. So I really accidentally started my business really fast. And as I did that, I suddenly had all these limiting beliefs and stories coming up of who am I to do this? Like, what does it mean to be a business owner? How can I go from this like very hippie vagabond life to suddenly being a professional with a purpose and a passion? And so I had to start unraveling all those stories I had about myself and start convincing myself and doing the work to believe that I do know things. I can help people and it's okay to make money doing something like this. And as I did that work and evolved, I've become an entirely different person than I was before starting my business. So, I mean, I think a lot of people get into businesses like these with the intention of helping other people. And it is a very self-effacing or confronting process to go into to suddenly start marketing yourself as someone who can help people, as someone with a skill set. And your stuff will come up to stop you. Your, any doubt that you have in yourself is going to show up and you'll have to face it. And if you're willing to, the transformation that happens in that process is truly extraordinary. And getting to watch other people and help my clients navigate those waters, both the practical, how do we actually set this stuff up and do it and share it with the world? And how do we allow ourselves to show up and do that in the first place? And how do we do it in such a way that we actually believe it'll work instead of believing it will never work? All of that creates this amazing transformation in our lives that spills over into every other aspect of our lives. So who I've been in my business has allowed me to create deeper relationships, has allowed me to care for my body in a much deeper and more profound way. And that is all thanks to being willing to show up for that work when it shows up to stop us. Yeah, thank you. You 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 trigger me to think about when someone's willing to. Yeah. And what made you willing to? What made you open to that? I think it was for me, I finally had a vision that was greater than my fear. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, greater than your fear. Could you say a little bit more about like a mm -hmm. vision that is greater than your fear? Yeah. Well, my fear of being seen or my fear of being wrong or my fear of trying something and failing. And those fears had kept me in sort of a, I don't want to try to have a bigger career or a life that I could screw up in some way. And suddenly I had this vision that I can help other people. I could make a difference in people's lives in this short, beautiful chance I have in this body this time around. And wouldn't it be cool to try that? And with that possibility sort of hanging in the horizon, who am I to deny it? Who am I to keep myself small and stuck and believe that I can't or I shouldn't over the potential of what could happen if I were willing to explore it? And so that vision sort of pulled me forward. It made me face a lot of my own fears of, I had a debilitating fear of public speaking. Now I have two podcasts and can't wait to get on a microphone. And that was something I recognized needed to change. And so I did the work and showed up to face that fear until it subsided. So are the fears gone now? The fear of speaking is definitely gone now. Yeah, I think I'd still get nervous every now and then if I'm getting on somebody else's stage and feel like there's pressure on it that I want to perform well. But it's not nearly the same as before. I mean, years ago, if you were to hand me a microphone, I would be crying before I even got it in my hand because it was that scary to me 
to be heard or be seen. And that's so different now. Yeah. I'm eager to get a chance to share my message and speak to my people. Awesome. Thank you. I, I, I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed reading your blogs on Wild, Heart, Wild Hearts Rise Up. And one of the ones that really was impactful for me was talking about Connections Matter. And can you talk about some of the connections in your life that you've made and, and how do you go about that? Yeah, I mean, connection is more important than anything, especially in the kind of business that I run and that my clients run, that it can be easy to get sort of lost in the weeds and thinking, oh, if I just make the right offer, if I just make the right invitation, if I just set things up properly in my business, then it'll work. And we forget that or can forget that it's really about people. It's really about relationships. It's really about who we're being and how we're showing up and connecting with other people in our lives. And that is like, if you focus on that, any business is going to grow because that is what we most crave. That is how we have sort of evolved as a species to survive is through connections. And for me, the connections that I've made through my business have yeah, made all the difference in me finding success, quote unquote, or making it, quote unquote. And it can look a lot of different ways, connecting with mentors, finding people who have already done the things that you want to do and making relationships with them or even hiring people to support you who can hold your hand through that process and build the connection you have with yourself in that process. Connecting to other people who are like-minded and doing something like what you're doing. Like if you want to have greater health, spend time with the people in your life who focus on their health. Those connections are going to sort of foster you and help you shift into that way of being because it's through that connection that we sort of can alchemize something into our lives. And of course, connection to self, how you're talking to yourself, who that person is in the mirror to you, how you're interacting with your desires, your passions, your interests and your curiosity, all of those different relationships and connections sort of collectively create a life. And so being willing to focus on those con connections can transform everything. And it also goes into, you know, who you're being in your romantic partnerships, who you're being in your familial relationships. All of that is impacted by how we show up, how we are willing to connect and be seen, how we are willing to communicate our needs or our values or our desires or our excitement for what's coming, what you're creating. All of those connections sort of cultivate in the beauty of our lives. And if we're willing to focus on that, that ability to connect with other people in our capacity or willingness to do so, it can enhance any area of our life that we want to. So tell me a little bit more about the what I, what I made up from what you said was something about controlling or crafting or creating the stories we tell ourselves. Tell us a little bit more about how do you go about, one, noticing the stories you tell yourself, and then also how do you craft them in a way that makes it to live a good life, to to produce what, who you yeah. want to be. Yeah, well, first is acknowledging that most of the stories we tell ourselves happen by rote, by programming. So a lot of the stuff that's going through our heads about who we think we are, what we think we're doing, what we should be doing with our lives are usually picked up somewhere along the way by accident, either from society telling us this is how life is, this is how you should be, or by our parents or by our friends. And those stories will just live there as if they're true and as if they're real and as if those are the most important stories, unless we're willing to take a look at them. So for me, 
my daily practice, I'm a writer. So I write every morning before I get out of bed and I write every night before I turn the light out in bed. I'm a, I'm a bed writer and reader. That's just how I roll. And in that writing process, I'm looking at what those beliefs are. How did my day go? What did what story came up for me about, you know, how that felt? Is there something in there for me to look at? And I sort of unpack it through self-awareness of looking at the actual moments in my life. What's arising for me emotionally? What's arising for me energetically? And why do I think that's true? And then I like to reference the work by Byron Katie because it's an amazing little set of questions. But who am I when I believe this thought? Who would I be without this thought? And and those two questions, I mean, it's really a series of four or eight questions if you go into the work by Byron Katie, really make you take a look at your life. And if I want to keep reacting like this or if I were willing to give up the story that leads to that reaction for me, would the opposite also be true? So if I think I don't know enough to help people, how do I feel when I think that thought? I feel defeated. I feel like I should quit. I sh feel like probably I don't know enough and and I might as well stay small and hidden and do something else. And if I am willing to look at the opposite of that, that I do know enough to help people, can I find evidence that that is true? Well, you know, I supported somebody yesterday and they were so grateful that that seems like Maybe that's some evidence to the contrary of that belief. Okay, well, then I can't know that that thought that I don't know enough to help people is actually absolutely true. In which case, who would I be without that thought? Well, if I didn't have the thought that I don't know enough to help people, I'd be willing to show up and like see if I can help people a lot more often in a much bigger way. And that feels exciting. That feels liberating. That feels important to me. And so through whatever processes we find, that's one tool. There's millions of tools and modalities out there. That's one of the reasons why my Tactical Magic podcast, I, I'm usually interviewing people with all different kinds of modalities and also business strategies because you never know what tool is going to work for you. But taking time out for that self-awareness practice, taking time out to question your beliefs, especially your beliefs about who you are and what you can and can't do or be, that is how we can kind of actively change things. And then you get to a moment in your life where normally you might say, oh, I'll just keep my mouth shut because I don't know enough to help any people. There, That now you're suddenly a little bit more willing to share something or a little bit more willing to reach a hand out and speak your truth, say what you mean, say what you're thinking or feeling or aware of. And that choice to do that, that choice to change who you are, whether or not you actively tell people about the process you're going through to change, the people in your life will start to notice a new sense of being that you are embodying in your life. And whether they know what you're up to or not, that is an inspiration. That is a guiding light. Some people might be triggered by it because they aren't willing to look at their stuff yet. And other people will be asking, how can I get some of what whatever it is you're smoking <laughs> or whatever? Yeah, so it's it's a self-awareness practice and some people can get that through therapy, definitely can get it through coaching. I get it a lot through journaling. I also have mentors and support people who help me when I'm like, I don't know how to look through this or see this angle anymore. Can you help me unpack it? But being willing to do whatever work you can find to unpack those stories and rewrite them. And I actively rewrite them. Okay, here's the story of why I can't and I will rewrite that as all the reasons why I can and should, why I do know enough. 
and just sort of rant on the new reality I'd like to know and see and be and live until that new reality feels real and tangible to me and it feels like a playground I can hang out in. Yeah, thanks. I, th- I think this podcast, maybe we got to change the name for this one time is the story on the page. Because <laughs> you're, you're actively uh, changing your story, rewriting it physically even. Yeah. That's awesome. You talk a little bit about coming clean also in, your, in one of your blogs. Can you talk yeah. a little bit more about like the impact of blame and, and what it means to you to come clean? Yeah. I mean, one of those very strong beliefs we can hold, and I'll say limiting beliefs, is blame are blame, shame, and guilt. And we often feel like those are so wrong or they're they're so emotionally charged that we carry them longer because we don't know how to let them out in a safe way. And it's often the blame, shame, and guilt stories that we carry a really long time because we don't want to let them out. We don't want to let them out the wrong way. And usually they're involving somebody else and we don't know how to clean it up. But the trite phrase, the truth will set you free, is very much true in that aspect. And that finding a way to mindfully communicate through those, especially those three things, blame, shame, and guilt, and find ways to take responsibility for your part and whatever those stories are for you is a path to freedom. So I'll use blame as an example As long as we are blaming someone else for something in our lives, we're basically throwing the the ball in their court for that ever getting resolved or fixed. And if you're dealing with a person who is not equipped to ever resolve or fix that, you're basically saying, I'm never going to deal with this because I'm just going to blame them for it forever. And this is can be, I think, triggering if it's something very traumatic that happened. Because, of course, you don't want to assume responsibility for that having occurred. And, and it's very true that a victim of certain experiences is not to blame for that. So it's not about taking the blame back, but it's about taking responsibility for how you are going to now live with that or how you are going to now see that story or experience in your life. And if that's a safe person you can talk to, like, for example, if you have a mother who can hear it, you can say, hey, I've been holding on to this for a really long time. I've been blaming you for this happening. And it's been hurting me to keep blaming you for that because it, it makes it like something that can never be fixed. And while I still am not happy that that happened, I'm not going to blame you for it anymore. I'm going to take it on myself to rewrite that story, to heal from it to evolve from it. And instead of keeping that between us, I'm going to let you know, I'm not making you wrong for that anymore. I understand you did the best you could in that moment. And I wish it had gone another way. But I'm taking responsibility now for my own healing. And so the process of doing that, I also, I'm almost tearing up just talking about it. It's liberation. It's freedom. It's allowing things to have been the way they've been because you can't actually change the events that occurred. But the story that you hold about it and where you're willing to take your power back from it is a place of huge power. Yeah. So that's what that is about. Thanks, Molly. You, you talked about blame. And the other two were shame and guilt. Like, what what are your distinction or how do you think about shame and guilt? You talked about blame. I'm just curious the other two. Yeah. Well, so guilt is 
I did something wrong. Blame is you did something wrong. And shame is I am wrong. Got it. So taking those sort of apart, the blame is, you know, I'm not going to keep blaming you for this thing. The guilt is I'm not going to keep blaming me for this thing. I'm going to recognize that what happened happened and I'm going to do whatever it takes to grow through it or learn the lesson that it happened for and be willing to clean it up. If you feel guilty about something, have that conversation. When I started doing this kind of work, I <laughs> I had been unkind to someone in high school and she didn't deserve it. And I was going through so much at that age of my life and definitely depressed and dealing with a lot of stuff. And she just bothered me <laughs> to the point that I was just not very nice to her. And I wasn't a bully. I was a pretty nice person, but I was definitely traumatized in my own ways. But I was unkind to her and it, it stuck with me. It was 10 years later that I was starting to do this kind of work more in depth. And that person came to mind and I actually just reached out to her. I found her on Facebook. I wrote her a message saying, hey, I recall being not very nice to you in high school. And I just want to let you know that it wasn't you. And I apologize. And I just told her, you know, you didn't deserve it. And it, it wasn't the way I would like to be as a person. And I want to clean that up with you if it's possible and try to make it right. And she sent back a message saying she was so grateful and thankful that I reached out and no hard feelings and whatever. I don't know if she had kept that with her or even made it anything about her at the time. But for me, I needed to clean that up so I didn't keep carrying it with me. Because if we're making ourselves wrong, if we're feeling guilt about something, it will stick with us until we look at it, until we're willing to take a moment and say, I'd like to clean this up. Now, there are people who you want to clean stuff up with who maybe are not actually equipped to hold that with you, who are really going to cause more harm if you try to have that conversation with them, or who have already died and you can't have that conversation with them. And that doesn't mean the work can't be done. It can be done through your own emotional processing with a trained professional or through writing. So you can write a letter to clean something up with someone who's dead and they may never read it and no one else has to. But for you to be able to take your power back in that situation and clean it up as much as you can, you can still do a lot of that work even if the person isn't someone that you can or want to actually reach out to. And the shame, yeah, it's again that story processing. Who are you and how do you want to actually treat yourself and what do you want to believe about yourself? And can you convince yourself of the opposite of whatever you're ashamed of? Because if you're, you know, ashamed to be a failure, are you willing to start acknowledging your successes? If you're ashamed to be in a certain size body, are you willing to see the beauty in you yet and stop making yourself wrong for that? So there's a lot of deep inner work to do, especially with those three big ones. I, I, I concur. I uh, have done a lot in that space. I have bumped into occasionally somebody doesn't want to talk about cleaning it up. Like there's a space yeah. you bump into somebody and you just go, no, I don't want to talk about that. And yeah. if it's about me cleaning up for me, I'm okay that they don't want to talk about it. I, exactly. I did my actions. I'm okay now because I've taken as much as I could do. And sometimes there's amazing stuff. And I've, this has happened both ways where you go out to clean something up or somebody comes to you to clean something up and they don't even remember that it happened. Right. Yeah. Or I didn't remember that it happened. And you go, wow, I had this whole story. 
about all this stuff that they don't even remember and, yeah. or that I don't remember and somebody else is in that space. But the act of yeah. making that come clean, it's mainly for the person who's coming clean. It, it is, yeah. And it feels good to be the receiver of someone cleaning something up, whether or not you remember it. I feel like that is a huge sign of integrity and something I very much value in my relationships. I've also held that there are times when somebody's like, we've, I've done that with somebody or somebody's come to me and we cleaned it up. And then there was a space where I could notice something that was in me that I didn't know was there before with somebody else. And then you go, yeah. and, and whether we know it's there or not, it still messes with us. Yeah. Right? It, it's like deep inside there and there's a fear, there's the space, there's a story that you're living in that if you don't find it and clean it up, it's still there until you clean it up. Yeah. Yeah, I could almost envision as you were speaking, just chains, right? Like being held by all these chains and just removing them when you speak to different people or when you rewrite that story, just removing all those chains and being free from that, like yeah. you being free from it. Yeah, I grew a half an inch in my 30s and I really attribute it to doing this work. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I was five, three and a half most of my life and then I'm five, four now. Yeah. I'm not going to say how what my height's doing as, as I age because it sounds <laughs> like I'm being burdened happen, it down, but it's, yeah. it's, it's that's just gravity. It's just gravity no, and uh, aging body. <laughs> Any questions you have for us, Molly? Yeah. Why? What's your big why? Why is it that you love making this podcast? We we hold that as humans we love to connect, but it's not taught in schools. It's not taught in like as a tradition for parents to, to, to hand down to their kids. And yet when we can connect to each other, we can have a great life. We can create together better. We can have more happiness. We can sorrows are more rich and open. And yet we find that there is no space out there that people know how to do it. And one of the biggest stories that people have in their head is that I'm not enough or I'm scared or I'm afraid. And the only thing that's more powerful than their I'm scared, I'm afraid, I'm not enough is I don't want anybody to ever know that I'm not scared, afraid, and enough. Mm -hmm. And so that shield yeah. comes out. And that's why we named the story, the podcast The Story in Your Head and as an opportunity for everybody to see that they're not alone. Everybody has these same stories. And it's a space for you to say, I'm not alone. This is normal. This is what it means to be human. And... I really want to connect with somebody and figure out who that is and go connect with them. And then mm -hmm. that's our goal is to space for people to open up in, in, a, in a new world. And we hold it's essential right now with the connectivity of all the, what we call the cloud-based or artificial intelligence and everybody else. Everybody can connect to anybody anywhere, which means hierarchy stuff goes away. Like the smartest person on top telling everybody else what to do, it goes away. Mm -hmm. Now it's about how do you connect with each other to create a world, your world, the world. And that's why we're having this podcast. That's why we're looking for people like yourself who are in this work to help our listeners see a new space. It's awesome. Deb, anything I missed or anything you would like to add? Well, for me personally too, it's about my own transformation. It really resonated with the things you were talking about, Molly, because going from not seeing myself as being enough to being enough. <laughs> it's a different way of being in the world that's joyful, 
that's engaged, exciting, and I'd love to create a space where others could find that for themselves, to really see that they are enough and to believe in themselves. So for me, it's really about how can I help create that space for others to to see that transformation for themselves? Yeah. There's um, one more space to add in there, and, and you talked about it a little bit, which is the word responsibility. And we yeah. kind of grew up in a world where that's a bad word. As they said, you didn't mm-hmm. do something or mm-hmm. you did something, and they go, you're responsible for that. And we're working to shift responsibility to a, a word that's fun. I'm responsible for causing this. I'm responsible for creating a world. I'm responsible for the space. Instead of there's kind of a connection where you go, being responsible is like, well, I'm going to get blamed. I'm going to get shamed. I'm going to get guilted. I'm going to get all that stuff inside there versus being responsible means you're going to cause something to happen. Yeah. And that is a fun place to be, but that's not the way we look Mm -hmm. at that word. It's a sexy quality in a human being too. I'll just say that. Having just got out of a relationship a few months ago and being back in the dating scene, people who know how to take personal responsibility for themselves is a super attractive quality. And knowing the impact of your energy on other people, the self-awareness that's involved in taking responsibility for yourself, your energy, your actions, your words is highly compelling to be around. So I just want to add that in. Thanks. Connie and I, my, my wife, We've had a long going conversation about what the word sexy, like, what does it mean? How do we use it? How do like for all that world? But I don't think I've ever connected responsibility and sexy together before, but I go, I can see that. So thank yeah. you. Really cool. Yeah. I was going to ask Molly, you know, this is a space for us, for you to share what kind of things that you're working on with our listeners. And what would you like to share with them about just some of the new things that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I, As I said before, I work with coaches and holistic practitioners mainly, people who are healers, people who trade in wisdom and guidance. And talking about this stuff, about the stories, is definitely a big aspect of my work. And I kind of do that through the lens of our businesses. So how we're showing up in the world, how our messaging is connecting, how we're encouraging our clients to take responsibility for themselves, their lives, their actions, and doing that through marketing and doing that with as much of an energetic, like a grounded, magnetic, energetic presence as possible. And that's the bulk of the work I do. I also have a program that's not just for entrepreneurs called Peace With Money, which is about the energy of our relationship to our finances and how the energy of money can come and play with us and how a lot of the inner work and the stories that we hold, like we've talked about today, can impact our finances and how we are able to receive not just receive financially, but receive energetically as well from other people, from the world. And um, yeah, I've got a lot of different programs and courses. I wrote a book about my own journey of all those stories I had to rewrite to become an entrepreneur and also to become who I am now. That's called Wild Hearts Rise Up, which is available on Amazon too. Yeah. Deb, I'm going to shift topics because I know several of our listeners out there are like they're the ones who said, someday I'm going to get a sprinter van and live in it, Right. And so what, what, what are the, the biggest surprise out of being the vagabond? Like, like the thing where you go, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Like what, what is that biggest surprise for you? Yeah, this is always a hard question for me because I didn't go from 
a stationary life to a van life. I really went from being nomadic and living out of a backpack or a Subaru to then upgrading to a van. So the van for me was like, wow, I have a whole apartment on wheels now instead of just car camping everywhere I go. And I never resonated as being homeless. I was very much adventuring and vagabonding, living that lifestyle. But the things that surprised me most, the hardest thing to me about van life, and some people might laugh about this, is recycling. I end up carrying my recycling through many states that don't have public recycling bins until I get back to a state that has a public recycling bin. So I end up having like the passenger seat below where my dog's seat is on the passenger seat. The floor is a big basket full of all my recycling, (laughs) which is not what you'd expect. But for most people, I think there are people who get into van life or get into nomadic lifestyle that think, oh, this will solve my problems. And it's actually very the opposite. If you are running away from something you're being, you're going to face that a lot quicker because you're alone with yourself a lot more and alone with yourself in a less distracted place. You're going to be out in the middle of nowhere more often with your thoughts and yourself. So it can be hard for people who aren't practiced or don't have the tools with that work and have stuff to move through. And it can also be really powerful for people who then are willing to look at that. Who are you in any new situation? How do you feel when you meet a new person? Who do you want to be as you're moving around the world and showing up in places where nobody knows you? I started traveling pretty much right out of college. I started traveling the world by myself and going to Thailand or Costa Rica or Camp Colombia or wherever my heart took me. And one of my favorite things about traveling, especially at that young age, was nobody knew who I was. Nobody could expect me to be a certain way. So I could sort of play with how do I want to show up? What kind of person do I want to be seen as? How do I talk to people? You know, how do I interact? What do I want to spend my time doing? And in that process of traveling alone, I also was reading dozens and dozens of books every year because I had an appetite for knowledge and for information and for transformation. So I was reading a lot about how to heal, how to grow, how to see the world in a different way. So for anyone who's thinking about heading out into van life or being nomadic or just traveling more, stay curious, stay in question, ask yourself what you really need right now. Do you need support? Do you need to be around people? Or if you're alone, how do you feel being alone? How do you feel just being with yourself? Is there anything you can do to make that a more fun or nurturing experience to be alone with yourself? And I'm sure that who I am now is hugely a product of my willingness to look at those uncomfortable edges while I was going all different places by myself. Thank you, Molly. Yeah, Thank you, Molly. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. At Macklin Connection, we believe making authentic connections with others can literally change your world. We invite you to share this podcast with one person that you care about. Maybe it's someone you haven't spoken with in a really long time and you'd love to reconnect. Or maybe it's the first person that popped into your head when you listened to this podcast because you thought it would be perfect for them. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.